In Jesus' mighty name we are praying. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. As we are here to look at your word, to study your word again, Daddy, please speak to us in a language that we will understand in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Help us, Lord God Almighty, to understand the revelation knowledge of your word. Not just to understand it, but to be a doer of your word in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We pray for all marriage all over the world in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Father, that there will be no peace in the name of our Lord Jesus. There will all know peace in the name of our Lord Jesus. Every marriage that passes through storm, Lord, let there be peace in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Every husband, every wife, they have been separated, Lord God Almighty. From their spouse, let there be unity in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let the gap between husband and wife close up in the name of our Lord Jesus. Thank you, our Father Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Amen. Today, we are looking at another very subject, the laws of marriage. The laws of marriage. This is very, very essential to each and every one of us. Whether you are going to marriage, whether you are already in marriage, it is very, very important that we know the laws that are guiding marriage. Because we are living in the world. There are people coming with different kinds of laws. And that is why there's problem in a lot of homes today. We have different type of marriage counselor, academic counselor. Some call themselves professor, that they are counselors in marriages, but they are completely outside the word of God. Please, I want to beg you. Any counselor, any advisor that is advising you on the issues of marriage that are outside the word of God, please run from them. Run from them. Some will tell you, I am a marriage counselor. Under what institution? Is he under the institution of God or, that, or under the institution of man or under the institution of theologians? Because there are so many schools of thought today that are not rooted in the word of God when it comes to the issue of marriage. Please know the word of God for yourself, child of God. It is for your own good. Ignorance is never an excuse in the things of God because he has told us to study the word and to know the word. So today we are going to be looking at 14 or 13 laws of marriage that will make you to soar higher in your marriage. And also if you are going to marry, you must know this and get ready into it. Don't follow people that will be telling you things about marriages and they will not take you to the Bible to confirm whatever they are saying. It is wrong. The almighty God, the Lord Jesus Christ, is the owner of marriage. He established it, he ordained it, and he executed it. And he has spelled out, if you want lasting solution in your marriage, you want to enjoy your marriage, you want to live love in your marriage, these are the laws. Some people call it principle. But the truth is that they are different between laws and principle. They are not the same thing. We use principle and laws interchange, but they are never the same. They are different between principles and laws. We are looking at the laws of marriage today. Now, when you talk about law, I'm talking about the laws of marriage, you are talking about the decree, the edict, the do's and don'ts of marriage. You are talking about the statue. The statue of God. The law of God. The decree. What God has ordained. This is how it will be. So you must understand it. Laws are decree. Or edit. Or statue. That's what law simply means. 
their decree, their edict, and their statute. They can also, can be, they can also be seen as do's and don'ts. Because when you go against any law, you'll be punished by the higher authority. Let me make a difference between law and principle. You know, like I've said, now law is simply decree, edit, or statute. Or some people call it do's and don'ts. Why principles? They are simply rules and regulations, you know, that you must follow to achieve a particular goal and object in life or to achieve your result, your end result. It's a principle. Let's give an example. Like in mathematics now, the law of mathematics, for, for, for instance, is 1 plus 1 is 2. 2 plus 2 is 4. A times A is A squared. B plus B is 2B. You know, this is the law of mathematics. But in mathematics, we have different aspects of it. You have simultaneous equation. You have longitude and latitude. You have trigonometric theorems. And so many other. All of them, they have their own principles that you apply to achieve result each time you are under a particular subject in mathematics. If you are in longitude and latitude now, you know, you, 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 you've got to do something that has to do with bearing. You bring out the triangle and you begin to apply Pythagoras theorem to it. That's the principle. If you don't apply the principle, you will not be able to achieve any result there. The same thing happens maybe if you buy a vehicle, for instance, they will give you the manual. These are the principles you follow to drive this car. If you, you move it from J1 to J2 to J3 to J4, if, for instance, you are in J1 and you move your vehicle to J4, you are looking for trouble. Or if your car is on high speed of J4, suddenly you, 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 you take it back to reverse. I mean, that is accident. So if, when you break principle, you are the one that suffers the consequences. You suffer the consequence of breaking any principle. But when you break a law, it's the highest authority that will punish you. Because somebody is there that has placed things in place. But these are the law in this place. So when you go against the law, the higher authority will come in and punish you for disobeying that law. But in case of principle, nobody will punish you. You are the one that will punish yourself. Because you are the one that disobeys the principle of how to operate a particular object or how to do a particular something. Maybe you, have, you, you, you are using an automatic vehicle and you're on high speed. Suddenly you, you, you pull back to reverse. What will happen? You are broken the principle. That car will devil so much and that person will be involved in a fatal accident. But oftentimes, people normally use principles and law interchangeable. The truth is that they are quite different between them. So what we are looking at now, we are looking at the laws of marriage. What are the decrees? What are the statutes that God has put in place? What are the do's and don'ts in marriage? It's what we are looking at today. And of course, some people also have called it principles of marriage. I don't have any problem with that. But it's good you know that there are different between principles and law. I believe you quite understand what I'm trying to say. In law, when you break the law, it's the higher authority that, that place the law in place that will punish you. But when you break principle, of course, you are the one that will punish yourself for your maybe ignorance or for disobeying the principles of the system. That is it. But never forget that some people, they use it interchangeably. So what are the laws of marriage now that we're going to look at? Don't forget, the laws of marriage are simply the decree, you know, given by the Almighty God to those who are going to marry or to those who are already in marriage. 
The same thing when you are talking about accounting. Accounting also has its own law. Accounting also has principle. In accounting, I mean, you know that you debit the, the, the receiver, you credit the giver. It's a standard. Debit the receiver, credit the giver. You know, it's a law in accounting. And it operates in all topics. And all topics have their own different principles when you get to when you get to each topic in accounting. You know, trade and profit and loss account have their own principle. Uh, trial balance has its own principle. Uh, income management has its own principle. Partnership has its own principle. But at the same time, you apply the same law. So you must understand now. Now, number one law. Once married, no going back. It is for better or for worse. It's a law in marriage. Now, when you get married, no going back again. Matthew 19, verse 6, declare, Wherefore, there are no more two but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder. See, this is the word of God, my dear. And I keep on telling people, it depends on your goal in life. What do you want to achieve? Is it heaven or hell? Because nobody disobeys the word of God and make heaven. But oftentimes we labor in this world as if everything we have is going to live in this. The Bible says, if we are among them that have hope only in this world, it says we are of all men most miserable. Our hope is far beyond this world. It's heaven. So to labor for eternity, you must be someone that live in total and complete obedience to the word of God. Even though you don't have any reason to obey the word, obey the word of God so that you don't end up in hell. Because we are strangers in this world. We are just passing through. And God has given us the Bible to follow. So it's a law. It's a what God has put together. Let nobody put us under, not even divorce. So anything that you're trying to put us under is the enemy of your soul. And you're trying to work against your eternity. First Corinthians chapter 7. 10 to 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, 10 to 11. And unto the married I command, yet not I but the Lord. Look at that. I command, yet not I but the Lord. One thing I love about Paul, when he's speaking, he will make it clear. When he's from God, he will lay emphasis on it. And unto the married I command, yet not I but the Lord. Let not the wife depart from her husband. But and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. And let not the husband put away his wife. This is the law of God. And if you break the law of God, like I've said, it's God that will punish the person. The punishment for disobedience is there. Beside what the person will patron in this world. That's just the truth. That's why I have to clearly explain to the difference between law and principle. Law is the higher authority that played the law in place that will punish you whoever disobey the law. And punishment for disobeying the word of God is hell. I pray for you that your marriage will not take you to hell. That's why you must do all you must do. Fast all you can fast. Pray all you can pray to make sure that you and your wife or you and your husband are always together. That nothing put you last under. Because if you are the one that is not for it, God will judge that person. I keep on telling people, don't blame anybody for whatever happened to you. Blame yourself. You have not done enough. That's my principle in life. I blame myself for whatever happened to you. I don't blame anybody. And that's the only way you can move forward. You can start higher in life. If you are blamed throughout, you go nowhere. See yourself as somebody that has done it. You can do better. After all this thing that you are failing from, other people are succeeding in it. So you should find out what are they doing that they are succeeding. It's very simple. And you are back on it. Going back to the Bible, find out what God is saying about this thing. Press the right button, you get the right answer. Very simple. After all, that people are in marriages, 
30 years, 40 years, and they are enjoying themselves. It's about to find out what are they doing. It's simply obedient to the law of marriage. No more, no less. Don't let them deceive you. Verse 27. Are thou bound unto a wife? Seek not to be loose. Are thou loose from a wife? Seek not a wife. That is it. In other words, if the words come to women, somebody depart from the husband from the wife, it's best to remain single. But I don't advise to be that. You can always be together. We have thousands of, thousands of marriage in this world that are together. Why must your own not be together? No matter might be before, the power of God can deal with it. You will take the matter before God and be deliberate and be intentional. Fast and pray. There is no money that God cannot move. Seek to make peace for the sake of heaven. Some people say, if I want to go to heaven, don't ever say to. If you cannot on your gas and put your hand inside God for a second, is it hellfire you want to go? Don't talk like that. Seek to please God. Seek to be within the rank and fire of the word of God every day of your life. That is the truth of the word of God. Don't let anybody deceive you. Number two. Number two. God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, and the Church of Christ are your witnesses. You can see. So when you get married, beside witnesses on earth, there are a cloud of witnesses. And there's a cloud of witnesses that the saint in church, the, the, the saint in heaven, the church in heaven, God the Father, God the Son, God, they are your witnesses that you are, so, 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 it's your wife, so, 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 it's your husband. And you must stand in continually. That's what the Bible says, you must remain. That is Malachi 2 verse 4. Malachi 2 verse 14, order. Malachi 2 Let's go to the book of Malachi, chapter 2, verse 14. The word of God declared that we must raise up godly children for God. The purpose of marriage is to raise up what? Godly children. That's what the law of marriage has said. And that you must not put your spouse aside. You must never put your spouse aside. You must stay with your spouse, no matter what. Yet, you say, wherefore, because the Lord has been witness between thee and the wife of thy youth, against whom thou hast dared treacherously, yet is she thy companion and the wife of thy covenant? Wife of your covenant. He said, the Lord is your witness. So whatever you are doing, God is watching you. And when God is your witness in whatever you are doing, are you going to disappoint God, the answer is no. The answer is no. You must know that there's an invisible witness that I witness your marriage. He is the Lord God Almighty. He's your witness. Don't ever forget that. <laughs> Number three, be ready to hand over your holy goods to your wife or to your husband. You must know this. When you go into marriage, you don't have any goods, any property of your own. Two of you are now one. And whatever you have belongs to each other. Not your extended family. Not your extended family. I pity those people that normally go about looking for how to scatter people's marriage. Or maybe somebody, husband died, or the wife died, the next thing you come around to come and scatter. You did not come to our family with anything. So, you must, my dear, run for your dear life. Because you are trying to break the law of God. And when God will come back, 
is with terrible judgment. Don't join people to scatter people who, or to go and be nosing around what is going on in the life of a woman that just lost the husband or the husband that just loved the wife. Don't ever. We have seen a lot of cases where somebody will lose the husband, the family will just go, ah, this woman, when you come, you know, come, then you must, they will just send the, the daughter of God away from his marital home. My dear, you better go and repay if you're among them. Because you are calling for the rot and for the judgment of God. Whatever you have belongs to two of you. That's just the truth. Now they call it marriage. You have, you have put everything together to become one. We saw that the other time in Matthew 19, verse 4 and 6. I'll read again for emphasis. Verse 4. And he answered and said unto them, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? Made them what? Male and female. Wherefore, there are no man two but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Be ready to hand over your worldly good to your wife and wife to your husband. It doesn't matter whether you are Kojoela or your million or your billions now belong to your husband. And husband, whatever you also have, belong to your wife. No separation. Number four, your body now belongs to your husband as a wife and wife, your husband, your, your, your body also belongs to your husband. Don't ever forget that. First Corinthians 7, chapter 7, verse 4 and 5. Lay emphasis and explain that very well. What that means is that you don't deny yourself sex as husband and wife. Your body now belongs to your husband as wife. And wife, your husband, your, your, your body belongs to your husband for life. You are not to share that body with any other person. It is a sin for you to sleep outside your marriage. Big sin in the sight of the law. And don't forget, when you break the law, the owner of that law will come and fight you. First Corinthians chapter 7, 4 and 5. The wife had no power of her own body, but the husband. And likewise also, the husband had no power of his own body, but the wife. Defraud ye not, look at that, one the other, except it be with consent for a time that ye may give yourself to fasting and prayer and come together again that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. That is the truth. You have no right to deny yourself sex in marriage as husband and wife. The only time you do that, maybe you want to give yourself to fasting and prayer for your wife, or perhaps maybe one of the spouse is sick, or maybe the woman is in a period, menstrual period. You know, these are exceptional cases where you can let go. But when all things are okay, satirist paribus, naughty, should make you to deny your husband or your wife. And don't be a woman that demands money from your husband for sex. All you want to you to punish the man because of what you want. Don't ever do that. Because when you do it, you'll be disobeying the law of God. And the punishment behind this is very, very terrible. Very, very terrible. Don't let God judge you in a way that you will not like. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Keep on obeying the word of God. Obey his law. And when you obey the law of God, the blessings of the law you have obeyed will come mightily upon you. Number five, law. Do not seek divorce, no matter what. No room for divorce in marriage. Some people have criticized me in this area, but the word of God remains the truth. 
that the Bible says, I hate thy voice. And I keep on telling people, whatever God hates can never enter heaven. I don't know what you are laboring for on earth. Because some people that are just laboring for this world, this world is their target. No, no more, no less. But if you are the person that wants to go to heaven, my dear, <laughs> no room for divorce. That is just the truth of the word of God. I hate divorce. I hate immorality. I hate disobedience. I hate lying. Whatever God hates will never, never enter heaven. Malachi chapter 2 verse 16. For the Lord, the God of Israel, said that he hated putting away. He hated what? Putting away. For one covering violence with his garment. See the Lord of hosts. Therefore take heed to your spirit that ye deal not treacherously. I hate putting away. Matthew 19, 16 again. <laughs> what God has put together, let no man put asunder. Let no man put asunder. Do not seek divorce no matter what. When you divorce, you are broken the law of God. You can't break the law of God and think that you will not face the consequences. That is all the truth. Don't break the law of God. Please, I'm begging you. We are still going to be talking more about this issue of divorce by the grace of God. I'm going to talk more about it as time goes on in this school of marriage that we are. We'll talk about divorce and the will of God for marriage also. So you know that divorce is never approved by God. It's never approved by God. Number seven, Lord, I give room for mercy and forgiveness in place of divorce. I give room for what? For mercy and forgiveness in place of divorce. Remember, we are looking at the law of marriage. So we must follow the law whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not. It's what God has put there. You can't be living in disobedience and think that all will be well. No. The problem we have in most cases is that we don't normally perform our role in marriage. We don't. We normally see other people's fault. We don't see ourselves. For instance, the Bible says pray for one another. As husband and wife, how many times have you gone on you to pray for your, for your wife as a husband? And as a wife, how many times have you gone on you to really intercede for your... I'm not talking about real prayer, real prayer, with fasting, if possible, dry fasting. Fasting and prayer. There is nothing God cannot do, my dear. If we will be serious, we will always get result. In anything that we ask God, is Elijah, no human being, a man of life passion. Only he prayed. He put the whole wall, the whole wall. He locked up the whole wall, put the whole wall inside his pocket. No rain, nothing, nothing. When he liked, he opened the, he opened the heavenly gate. Have you, have you asked yourself, is it not the same spirit that you? Is it not the same faith? And we, the New Testament believer, are more privileged than Old Testament believers because we have the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. Elijah, those days, was not carrying the Holy Spirit within himself. But they only come upon them, operate, and, and the thing goes like that. But we today, we have the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. We also have it upon our life. So we have no excuse whatsoever not to break through in, what, in whatever assignment God has given to us. He has given us enough power, enough grace. We are talking about Elijah, talking about Elisha. They never had the experience of the dwelling of the Holy Spirit. They only have one experience of the power of God coming upon them. But today, the power lives on the inside of us. Live on the inside of us. So you and I, we are highly privileged. 
Let's go on our knee and do the needle. Please, don't toy, don't joke with the word of God. Marriage, I give room for mercy. I give room for mercy and forgiveness in place of divorce. Matthew chapter 5 verse 7. Matthew 5 7. Blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. That is it. No matter what your spouse has done, forgive and let go. Forgive and let go. Move forward. Move forward. The Bible says, if you don't forgive me, they are sin. Neither will our Heavenly Father also forgive us our own sin too. That's just the truth. Forgiveness is there. Mercy is there. You want mercy? Show other people mercy. Show other people mercy. There are many things you get by simply obeying God. You just step, just press the button. When you show mercy to your husband, you show mercy to your wife. For wrongdoing, you will also obtain mercy from the Almighty God when you go wrong in the things of God. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall also do what? Obtain mercy. Number seven, you can only remarry if your husband or wife dies. That is it. You can only remarry. You have to marry just one wife, one husband. And the only way you can say you are going to remarry again is when that man has gone to be with the Lord in glory or the wife has gone to be with God in glory. We have cases today, a lot of pastors, married wives, in the, their wife is still alive, they will tell you, uh, God have told me, this lady is now my wife. This one is not going to come my wife. You, are, you have long throat. You better go and repent. You are playing with real fire. Real fire. That's where you are playing with. Real fire. We have seen it in 4 Corinthians chapter 7. I will read it again. Verse 10 and 11. It says, And unto the married I command, Yet not I, but the Lord. Let not the wife depart from her husband. In other words, let not the husband depart also from the wife. He said, but, and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. And let not the husband also put away his wife. So you have no right. It's a command that you must remain one until rapture or death do you part. You have no right to go and be married, second wife, third wife. They say you are anointed. You have anointing. God is now your mate that you will now be breaking the law of God. I can't say you, man, return back quickly before it is too late. Reconcile back to your wife. You have no right to marry second wife at all. It's one wife, one husband. Monogamy and not polygamy. That is killing, destroying the whole world today. Number eight, the two of you are now one flesh. That one is said to Matthew 19, 4 and 5. You are one flesh. No, that, that one is not negotiable. Number nine, be ready to leave and cleave to your husband or wife. Here we talk about mature believer, marriage for mature believer. Matthew 19, verse 5. We have said it, we have, we have, we have read it before. But for emphasis, I will show you it again. Marriage is for mature believers, not for mama, not for baby. We still have some men today in the They have small quarrel with the wife. They have run to the sister, to the brother, to the cousin, to the mother. It, it ought not to be so. It ought not to be so. The word of God is enough for you to say to yourself. It's enough. Cleave to your wife. Cleave to your husband. Initially, you should cleave to your brother or cleave to your sister or cleave to your cousin. 
You are married, yet everything going on in your home, your extended family is aware of it. Your cousins are aware, your brothers are aware, your father is aware, your mother, Abba. It ought not to be so. Marriage is for mature believers, not for babies in the Lord. Yes, you can be 40, you can be 30 and still be a baby in the Lord. Because maturity has nothing to do with age. It has to do with your being rooted and grounded in total obedience to the word of God. It has to do with your spirit, soul, and body being controlled, regulated, dominated by the word of God. That's what maturity is talking about. Spiritual maturity is about the extent to which you are rooted and grounded by the word of God. It has to do with your being controlled, ruled, dominated by the fruit of the spirit. So the acid test for your maturity is how high, how far, how well are you in tune with the fruit of the spirit? Are you controlled by the word of God or you are still being controlled by your flesh? If you are being controlled by your flesh, you are still a baby. You are not a mature believer. Mature believers are believers that are ruled by the fruit of the spirit. They are believers that, are, that fear God, they reference God, they honor the word of God. They have great respect for the word of God. They will do anything to always be in total obedience and submissiveness to the word of God. So it's not about age. It's about your height, depth of rootedness and groundedness in the word of the living God. The acid test is how far is your spirit, your soul, and your body have been controlled by the word of the living God. So if you are somebody, you before have small quarry, your brother, your sister, no, you are still a baby. You are not even ripe for marriage. So you must live, you must cleave to your wife or to your husband. And say for this cause, shall a man live father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and they too shall be one flesh. Don't ever forget that. You must be ready. If you are not ready to leave your parent and stay under another roof, have your own principle that guiding in your home and raise God's generation for God, then stay with your parent. But when you leave, you know that you have another home entirely. So you must set your policy, must be in place, rule and regulation based on the word of God. Number 10. Broken engagement is better than broken home. That is the truth. Don't ever forget that. Broken engagement is better than broken home. That is why you don't rush into marriage. Take time to pray. Seek the face of God. Seek the face of God. I know a brother, even a sister, that both of them, they have broken engagement with their former fiancé and go now recollect the two people together. What happened? The sister of the brother was messing around as a believer. They're about to get married, but yes, escaping worldly friend, having a reckless sexual relation with other men there. Why? The sister is faithful to the Lord. And the second party again, who are to marry another uh, sister, the brother is living holy while his own sister is messing around. So <laughs> the two of them that were living immoral life, God have to separate them from the believers that are living godly life. Because God will never give holy thing to a dog. If you are a holy child of God, God can only give you a holy daughter to marry. If you are a holy son, God will give you a holy daughter to marry. And if you are a holy, holy brother, God will also give you a holy daughter. Vice, vice, vice versa. If you are not living faithfully to God, God will never give you somebody that is faithful to marry you. Never. So that's why if you want faithfulness in your marriage, live faithfully now unto God. That is just the truth. So if your engagement 
break, don't get angry. Go back and seek the face of God. God is trying to save your soul from disaster. Because when you enter marriage, no going back. John 10, 35. If he called them God unto him, the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken. The word of God can never be broken. That's just the truth. So let the word of God carry you. That's why when you have broken and given, go back. Am, am, am I walking with the wrong word? Did I clearly from God? Because if that word is from God, nothing will break it. It will soar higher. It will, it will resort into marriage. So when you are giving a break, please go back and seek the face of God. It is better now than when you enter into marriage and there is serious problem in your marriage. I pray for you. You will not enter marriage with wrong engagement in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Number 11, bright price must be paid before marriage can take place. Some call it bright price, some call it dowry, some call it bride words, and give you so many names. But the issue is that you must pay the dowry of your wife before you go into marriage. And if you are in marriage now, you have not paid the dowry of your wife. You are living in sin. You are living in sin. That is never the will of God. You must pay your bread price for your wife before you go into anything called marriage. If you are living as husband and wife and your bread price of your wife has not been paid, you are still living in sin. If that should take place, you go to nowhere. So please quickly go back to the parent of your wife and pay your dowry. We see that in Exodus 22, 16 to 17. Exodus 22, 16 to 17. We'll read some there. And if a man entice a maid that is not betrothed and lie with her, he shall surely endow her to be his wife. See now, you must endow her. Now you must be the dowry. That's for some of you that are already living as a woman and wife. You must go and be the dowry of your wife. Very, very important. If her father utterly refused to give her unto him, he shall pay money according to the dowry of a vine. So it is there. You must pay your dowry before you go into any marriage. And if you're already in marriage and you have not paid the dowry of your wife, go back quickly and pay the dowry because you'll be living in sin and you can never get the blessings associated with marriage if you are living with a woman or a man that have not paid your bride price. That relationship is working under cause of disobedience. So that is for those, that is for that. First Samuel 18 again, 20 to 28. First Samuel 18, 20 to 28. It's a very long story talking about Saul and David and Micah, you know, because David wanted to get married to Micah. And Saul insisted that David must go and pay that price. So his plan was to actually kill David. And David should go and bring the head of the Philistines. <laughs> yeah, first king. For as as dowry. Which God was with David, and David actually went and he conquered the Philistine and he paid the price before he can took Micah as well. Let me just read the part of it, 25. Let me start it from 25. And Saul said, Touch shall you say to David, the king desired not any dowry. You see that? The king desired not any dowry. Let's look at the dowry looking for. But a hundred false kings of Philistine. You see, wicked man. One hundred false kings. False king of the Philistines. How are you going to get false king of one people? No, don't you have killed them? <laughs> to be avenged of the king's enemy. But so thought to make David fall by the hand of the Philistines. As many are planning to make you to fall or make your marriage to fall, the Lord shall put all of them to shame in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. And of course, 
Number 12, no to premarital sex. Don't go into premarital sex. It is a sin. Marriage law is holy. You see that in Hebrews 13, verse 4. Marriage is honorable in all the bed is undivided. One more and another God will judge. When you have premarital sex in your marriage, you have laid a bad foundation for your marriage. You have opened door for the devil to attack that marriage seriously. Don't ever. In marriage, you are trying to lay foundation. And today, people are going to marriage even with pregnancy. Now. It's very, very wrong. It's not scriptural. It's not biblical. It's a sin. It is man and woman. Two people are to be joined together, not three persons. It's a sin. If you go into marriage with pregnancy, you have committed sin to the Lord. You are laying a bad foundation for your marriage. So please, no this thing. Marriage is honorable. The bear must never be defined in all, whether church marriage, whether, whether court marriage, whether traditional, in any way. Marriage is honorable in all. In all. And of course, number 13, I've said it before, marriage is for the mature, for the mature mind. Marriage is not for baby in the Lord. It's for the mature mind. It must be mature. It must be totally rooted and grounded and be controlled by the word of God. Before you can say you are going to marry, you must know the law of marriage. Like I said, do's and don'ts, the status, the decree, you must know. Let's look at just the scripture, Galatians chapter, chapter 4, as we are rounding up. Galatians chapter 4, verse... Mm, let's look at um, Galatians chapter 4. I just want to read. Let it from verse 1, shall. Now I say that the hell, as long as he is a child, even nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all, but is under tutors and governor until the time appointed of the father. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage until the element of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent for his son of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. It's very, very vital. So when you are still under tutors, you are still under governor, that means you are not mature, you are still a baby. So you must hold on until you are firmly mature, you know your right from your left, and you know what marriage is all a thing. So that you can go into marriage with a mature mind and understand fully what marriage stands for. In Galatians chapter 3, say, You foolish Galatian, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evident, sent forth, crucified among you. Don't be one of the foolish Galatians that do not know they arrive from their left and they claim to be children of God. If you are going to business, know everything about that business before you go into it. Don't drop into marriage when you do not know anything about marriage. It's not about age. Remember, it's about maturity. You must be a matured believer before you go into marriage. You can even be 17, you can be 18 and be mature in the Lord. That somebody who has been in the Lord for the past 30 years, why? Because they don't know anything about the word of God. Don't forget, maturity is not about age. It's about you being rooted, grounded, spiritual in our body, in total obedience to the word of God. Mature mind and mind that are controlled by the fruit of the spirit and not the work of the flesh. I pray for as many that have heard this word today that your marriage will take you to heaven. It will never take you to hell in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Today is not prayer, it's just purely Bible study. So please share the word of God with as many people as possible. Remember our watchword 
in book of Hebrew 13 verse 4, marriage is honorable in law and the bed is undefiled. Womogan and adulterer, God will judge them. I declare peace in your marriage in the name of our Lord Jesus. Peace in your home in the name of our Lord Jesus. Peace in your marriage in the name of our Lord Jesus. Peace in your home in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be ready for the coming of the Lord. You will not be left behind. I will not be left behind. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you.